Hi, I'm Jayant Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's analysis podcast. Thanks for joining us. We are recording on Monday, the 27th of April, and it's been a pretty heavy news day so far. The Prime Minister had a video conference with chief ministers to discuss the end of the lockdown and what kind of exit strategy we will take. The indication is that any exit from the lockdown will be a very considered, very graded one. Remember that we're into the last week now of the 40-day lockdown, assuming that it ends on the 3rd of May. The other big story is also that the Indian Council of Medical Research today has asked states not to use the rapid antibody kits that were imported in large numbers from China. In particular, they have singled out the products of two Chinese companies. We'll discuss those developments with national editor Suhasini Haider, who also incidentally has done an interview with India's ambassador to China. So she can bring that perspective as well to this discussion. And just before we move on to those stories, a news point that we missed because we don't do a podcast on Sunday is that Tamil Nadu, the Tamil Nadu government has intensified lockdown restrictions in five cities for four days and even closed down essential supplies like grocery stores. We'll get an update on that, on the reasoning behind that move with the Hindus' Tamil Nadu bureau chief, Ramya Kannan. And here's Ramya now first to start the show. The idea behind the lockdown in Tamil Nadu in the five uh, cities is basically to try control the movement of people in these cities. So the urban centers have always been a challenge. The government has looked at the urban centers as a challenge, particularly in terms of movement of people. People continue to be moving about and not quite following the strict guidelines, which is not the case in, say, semi-urban or rural areas where there is more distance between people. The other thing is that in urban centers, it's also pretty dense, and that by itself is a contraindication for COVID. We need to maintain physical distancing. So the main reason, according to the authorities, is to control the movement. Um, that on two days before the event, there was a huge <laughs> crowding on the streets. There were a lot of vehicles on the roads. And uh, people found, the police found it difficult to contain them. So um, this is one of the ideas that the government came up with in order to see if they can do anything to stop or control the movement of people on the streets. And can you also give us an idea, a kind of overall picture of what the infection numbers and the mortality rate in Tamil Nadu is right now? And if that somehow was a factor in imposing these new stringent measures? So the question about whether the number of cases have gone up and is that why that the lockdown was put in place is very valid. However, there haven't been an alarming rise or spike in the number of cases in Tamil Nadu in the days uh, leading up to the total lockdown. Uh, The numbers have been at about 50 to 60 right through. And these continue to be in hotspots or areas that have already uh, been marked off as uh, having people with infections, according to their state. But the entire process of lockdown, even if it were to be successful, the day preceding the lockdown, which is Saturday, 
was like a veritable kumbh mela on the streets people were rushing to the uh, markets to stock up on their groceries and uh, fruits and vegetables so that we'll have to that might have been a huge mistake we'll have to wait and see maybe for another 14 to 15 days or maybe even more than that to see whether that is leading to a huge spike in numbers So Ashni, um, the major news point of today was that the Prime Minister held a video call once again with Chief Ministers. I think this is the fourth such call that he's doing. And uh, we're into the final week, the final stretch, I, what we assume is the final stretch of the second lockdown um, that, were, that is supposed to end on uh, the 3rd of May. And um, several concerns were discussed about what might happen going forward. Um, what can we say now about uh, what happened in the call and what do we know about uh, you know charting a way forward out of the lockdown well uh, you know jain it's clear that the prime minister's office is now learning that you need to actually give people an idea of which way they are headed uh, next and so one week before the current phase of the lockdown is uh, uh, due uh, to come to an end uh, we saw the prime minister holding a meeting with the chief ministers uh, he had about nine of them speaking and others had sent in written submissions about just what kind of uh, um preparations should be made and whether or not the lockdown can actually be lifted uh the sense one has got and of course these are confidential meetings but um according to our reporters and people who they have spoken to uh essentially um many of the chief ministers especially uh, states like goa odisha meghalaya others actually asked for an extension of the lockdown with a few more relaxations in the economic activities so um uh, you know for example uh, we have already seen a certain leeway being given to um uh, shops uh, in rural areas if not in 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 the cities so um states are all looking at how they can ease people into this so that you don't have a sudden situation of of numbers of coronavirus going up we understand the prime minister has essentially said that um that it is necessary to get back to economic activity but not to forego the positive effects of the lockdown in the process so actually what we understand is that the, any exit from the lockdown is expected to be graded um the uh, government has been keen to speak in terms of three zones you know the red orange and green zones um and to try and move people who are in the red zones which are the coronavirus hotspots into the areas which are sort of mixed into finally green zones that are not seeing any new coronavirus cases obviously uh we are at a critical point uh and uh, uh while many experts are hoping that india is hitting its peak or hitting the the plateau or what they call flattening the curve uh it is uh, uh no means by no means clear just what lifting restrictions allowing people back to work will actually do um so we saw uh, uh, we understand that those were the kind of discussions that were held obviously no la- no final decision is going to be made until may 3rd probably uh, and that's when we're likely to hear what the next phase of the lockdown because most people still expect that some part of the lockdown will remain and what uh, what nature the next phase will take right the news report does say that an announcement about the extension of the lockdown is going to come around may 3rd 
So I think that is that still held out as a kind of possibility that there might be on a national level some kind of extension. A- absolutely, um, that the, it may be uh, calibrated according to various states that need it or don't need it. Um, but I think the government, just in terms of symbolism, would not like to be seen as completely raising all the restrictions without having right. a good idea that they are in fact being able to counter. Uh, the the rise in new cases. And I think that's what they're looking at. Uh, the prime minister over the weekend spoke in his radio broadcast, Man Ki Baat, speaking in terms uh, of the fact that this is the month of Ramzan for practicing Muslims and that he somehow hoped that uh, the nation's troubles would be behind the nation uh, by Eid. Now, Eid is May 24th, so that's a telling statement. So one of the things really associated with the lockdown is testing because this is supposed to buy us some time to really get our testing game in order. And that kind of, uh, there's a big setback with that because the the tests that we procured from China, from two Chinese companies, and there were over 5 lakh of these tests procured, the ICMR today has instructed states not to use them because they're, they're just, the results are too faulty and to return them. And um, so that, that's, we're not dealing with this from the ICMR angle today. But we have done an interview uh, with the uh, Indian ambassador to China. So perhaps we can deal with it from that angle. What what can we what do we know about this so far? Sure, Jant, and, and you know, as you said, we have dealt with this issue of quality concerns over supplies, particularly from China, over the last few weeks. Now there have been quality concerns about the PPE, the protective, uh, the personal protective equipment, as well as the antibody rapid uh, testing kits that were procured from China. You know, nearly a million of them. Um, and, and the truth is they're being procured by government agencies, by private agencies, um, by a mix of the two. And uh, they're coming from many, many parts of China. Remember, we reported that five cities in China had sent in supplies of about 500 tons just over the last two weeks in, in more than two dozen flights. So uh, this is a broad based sort of supply effort that India is making from China. And the Indian ambassador to China spoke to us in this exclusive interview, uh, interestingly, on a day when two companies in China have been put on a kind of suspension by the ICMR for uh, the the quality of those rapid antibody test kits that they provided. Um, and, And the ambassador said, look, we understand that there's a problem. We're actually India and China working together to ensure that the supplies come from bona fide um, uh, companies. Uh, They also said, interestingly, revealing possibly for the first time that third party agencies uh, like Swiss agencies and and other European agencies that do quality control but are independent of both the buyer and the supplier are uh, actually involved in a lot of the Chinese procurements now. And India is insisting that they actually clear many of these shipments. Uh, The ambassador also suggested that some of the private companies who had imported this gear in India should not have been doing the quality control themselves and should have actually gone through government agencies. So essentially, I think the government's um, uh, position is very much what it was last week, which is not to try and play a blame game with China because it still depends on China for much of its medical supplies. In fact, that's something the Indian ambassador to China, Vikram Misri, said to us, which is uh, that let's remember um, China is amongst the world's largest suppliers of the medical uh, supplies that India really needs at this time uh, right. and, um, uh, and and sort of suggested that while these two companies that today have been uh, suspended um, could have been part of the the group of companies that had been cleared 
that it is necessary to look at each shipment and each um, uh, procurement uh, 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 sort of uh, uh, order separately rather than make it all about Chinese supplies and, uh, you know, sort of a bilateral issue. Yeah, a news point earlier in the day also was that there were um, some, you know, the ICMR was in some way fleeced by middlemen, by private companies that sold these test kits to them at inflated prices. So um, did the ambassador, the ambassador you mentioned did say that um, these should be government approved and not private company approved. Did he well, sort of elaborate on that? Yeah, working on the idea that it's you you must, in fact, he indicated quite clearly in one of his statements that uh, that private agencies should perhaps be discouraged from just going on their own. Uh, that right. They are not in a position to know uh, the entire process and to know who they're dealing with at that end or, um, you know, whether they are capable and qualified to do the quality control at this end. Uh, so really saying go through the government and try and go through the embassy, uh, try and take consultations of an official nature as much as possible. For the moment, ICMR has certainly said, don't use the Chinese kits from these two companies, send them back and we will try and get refunds. And of course, as you pointed out, uh, the ICMR itself under some uh, pressure due to uh, the findings in a court that uh, that uh, they were uh, had these kits that were overpriced. Um, but uh, but what the diplomatic side of the government seems to be suggesting is that each case is going to be different given the large numbers of supplies that India continues to procure from China. And so, Asni, uh, you're our only guest on the regular segment today. And sorry to make you speak so much, but I thought we'll cover all of your stories um, over the past couple of days. Also, you've been reporting on the return of uh, uh, bodies uh, coming back to India now from other countries. So, um, and those were exclusive stories as well. Can you just uh, give us an update on that? Um, firstly, Jayant, always happy to be on the show and happy to try and, uh, you know, discuss um, this situation because every day throws up a new challenge. And I think the government is really learning on the job on dealing with so many of the challenges that the coronavirus epidemic has thrown up. So one of the issues has been about how to handle uh, the return of bodies. Now, to begin with, I should clarify, uh, thus far, uh, coronavirus patients, it, it is the science on whether they are actually, those bodies are in, infectious when, uh, the, uh, when these people pass on uh, who are coronavirus positive. Um, that science is still not very clear. In fact, if you read the WHO guidelines, they say while there has been no case of anyone uh, receiving or, or contracting the virus from uh, a dead body, uh, this is early days and you know all information is not yet completely final. Um, so right. the government had taken certain precautions over the last few weeks in terms of how uh, they would allow, um, uh, for example, they're not allowing Indian citizens to return to India at all. Uh, but they did allow all cargo to fly to India. And so um, the bodies of people who are dying abroad, not necessarily from the coronavirus, in fact, not from the coronavirus, because most countries don't actually allow uh, coronavirus patients' bodies to be flown out. They simply cremate or bury them domestically or send the ashes back. Um, uh, the government had been bringing in the bodies of those who didn't die from the coronavirus. However, about a week ago when the lockdown was extended, uh, the Ministry of Home Affairs put out another statement to its international check posts, essentially repeating the restrictions but saying nothing about the bodies. This was then read as a ban and it resulted in a, in, in a really tragic incident in which 
three bodies of Indian citizens who were sent from Abu Dhabi. They were sent from Abu Dhabi on uh, Thursday last week, actually were sent back from Delhi, back to Abu Dhabi, um, without their families being able to receive them over here. Now, this was because of the confusion in all the regulations and all the different uh, circulars that have been sent out. Uh, eventually, the Indian embassy in the UAE got involved. Um, uh, the family of one of those deceased whose bodies was on that flight, Kamlesh Bhatt, who was from Uttarakhand, actually went to the high court and, and the high court passed some strictures against the government as well. Uh, and then the government explained and clarified its order so that they do uh, they did allow these bodies to come back. Um, now, there's something added to this because since then, the, home, uh, the Ministry of Health has actually put out its guidelines. And in its guidelines is saying that uh, not only can um, the bodies of those who are not coronavirus uh, positive return to India, uh, they've actually put out guidelines in case somebody who was a coronavirus patient and whose body does come to India, it's not recommended to bring those bodies back, but in case they do come, how they should be dealt with. Uh, you know, obviously, this, this is a controversial decision. There are many views on it. There are most many doctors here who would say, for the moment, until we know for sure how infectious these cases are, uh, post mortem, uh, they they shouldn't have these bodies moving. But uh, but the truth is, you know, while this is not an area that most of us deal with uh, as journalists, Jen, uh, it leads to tragic situations where we were speaking to these families who were really heartbroken, not just by the deaths of their loved ones, but their inability to bring those bodies back at the time. Uh, in fact, today we spoke to the relative of, of, of Mr. Bhatt, uh, who had then taken the journey from Uttarakhand twice. He went back then uh, with the body on Monday morning. And he said, you know, we've lived with so much of this tragedy, but at least there's this little feeling of relief now that the parents of this boy, he was a 25-year-old boy, were able to see his face before they finally conducted all the last rites on him. Right. So, Asni, we've covered a lot, I think, in that conversation. So, we'll uh, we'll end it there and, and we'll uh, reconvene tomorrow. Absolutely, Jant. And every day is becoming a, a, a new day in the coronavirus pandemic. Let's just hope tomorrow brings some good news.